So this morning, I want to teach on the covenant laws of increase. But before I go into that this morning, I shared something with the workers this morning. And I just want to give us a summary for every one of us. So as to maximize this year's Kudre revival. You must learn to keep what you have received. Oftentimes, when people come for meetings like this, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of amens. There's a lot of I receive it. But for the most part, when you look at many people's life, you hardly see the traces of that which they have encountered. Because many times, people don't know how to keep what they have received from the Lord. And so the first thing that you must realize or that must happen if you are going to keep what you have received is number one, you must believe you have received something. You know, if you don't know that you have something, it can easily be stolen from you. For instance, if you have an account, maybe you have an uncle who loves you so much and that uncle left you with an inheritance with a hundred million (laughs) dollars and you don't know, but the account is there. But your account officer has access to it. Do you know it can be stealing money every month and you will not know anybody stealing anything from you. That is what happens to us as believers when we don't know we have received anything from God. Why? Because oftentimes what God gives us is the intangible. That's why I love that song we've been singing. Yahweh, you are the sovereign God. You are my king. You know, he says that he's invisible. He says, but he does works that are tangible. Is invisible and sometimes when he releases things into our lives, he releases them in an intangible format. And that is why most times we despise it. We really think, has anything really happened? The car has not showed up. The spouse has not showed up. I've not received a new job. The sales have not increased. Because we think that things should start from the physical. But the way the kingdom works, everything begins in the unseen before it becomes seen. So if you don't believe you have received something, even though it is unseen, you may never see that which you have received. So it's very important. You realize, that's why I ask that, I hope you know something has shifted. In the last four days. I hope you know. Because it is a tragedy. For someone to be in the presence of God and not to know. That's what happened to Jacob. The Bible says that when he was on his way. Running away from his brother. The Bible says he slept. And he had a dream. And when he woke up. What a tragedy. He said God is in this place. And I did not know it. And I hope you are here this morning and that is not your testimony. But you see, Jacob knew that he missed an opportunity. That's why years later, when he was coming back home, the Bible says he sent his family members and everything ahead. That's why he didn't miss it the second time. That's why he wrestled with the angel 
and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. He missed it the first time. So he said, this second time, I'm not going to miss it. You may have missed it the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day. May you not miss it today. In the name of Jesus. So believe you have received something. Whether you are on site, whether you are online, believe you have received something. Don't despise what you have received. Don't be like the children of Israel that when God gave them angels food, they said manna. God never called the food manna. Manna in Hebrew simply means what is this? It's a statement of despising what you have received. So what is this? This is, this is manna. What is this? And God said that is it. For 40 years, your diet will not change. Keep eating it. Because they held it in a defective form. Next, please realize in this season, be careful of offenses. Or be careful of offense. But I like to pluralize it. Offenses. Because one of the ways you will know your life is under attack is after a meeting like this, people will begin to offend you. It may even start from the car park. It may start on your way home. Maybe if you didn't drive, you want to get public transport. You wave down a public transport. As you wave it down, you are catwalking to it. Somebody jumps inside. And you are wondering, who stopped it? Who entered? And you can be tempted to say, Shiggy. You have just missed it. Because the Bible says, persecution will arise for the word's sake. Anytime you see a lot of activities around you that seems to be contradictory to the promises of God is because the devil is under pressure. See, you are the one that does not know you have received something. Satan knows. Because never forget, he's a spirit. And he can see into the realm of the unseen. Oh, if God can open your eyes, you will see that around you, angelic activities has increased. You know why? The Bible says it confirms the word of his messengers. For every word that has been declared, angels have been released to go to bring them to pass. And if you are not careful, for some of us men, it may even be that, oh, because today is the final day of the fast. And you're expecting that your food should have been ready. And your wife has not prepared food. And you have, you explode in outbursts. Be careful. Be careful. Let nothing steal from you what you have received. You know, my greatest joy, I've always said it time and time again, in this house, is not anything material that anybody can give me as a member of this church. By the grace of God, we are blessed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your great, the greatest joy you can bring me is your testimony. Is your testimony. And I know your testimony will come. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, somebody is not sure. Your amen is not showing it. Yeah. I say your testimonies will come. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be dedicating cars. Yeah. Dedicating offices. Dedicating shops, celebrating new jobs, celebrating breakthrough in business in the name of Jesus. If you are the one I'm talking about, say a very big amen. The next couple of weeks, there will be crisis of options. Oh, somebody didn't understand what I just said. There will be crisis of options. Where you are looking for one, God will give you seven. In the name of Jesus. The issue will not be 
I'm trusting God for this. The issue will now be which one should I choose? <laughs> because you know, let me tell you this. It is easy to choose from six bad options and one good option. But when all seven options are the best options, that's what is called crisis of options. May you experience it this season. In the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say a very big amen. Let's celebrate the Lord Jesus. May please be seated. The covenant laws of increase. There are three ways in which people relate with the word of God. Three principal ways. World over, three ways. Number one, when people hear God's word, the first set of people, they like it. They say, mm, 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 word. <laughs> the second set of people, they learn it. Those are the scribes. They take notes. Wow, I never knew that. Ah, I never saw it that way. The third set of people are the people that live it. The people that live it. Number one, there are people that like it. Number two, they learn it. Number three, the people that live it. The best place to be where you produce results is living the world. There are many people who like the word. They love the word. They are like the people the Bible describes. Apostle Paul, he says, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Some people have notes full of messages. In fact, they can even produce a book from pastor's messages. But they never apply it. One of the prayers I pray for myself is may I never get to a point where I know so much and do so little. Because the Bible talks about Jesus. He says the things that he began to do and then to teach. Many people teach, but they don't do. And the result of this past four days, and today being the last day, will come from the application of the word, living the word. One of the things you need to pray about as we round up the Codred Revival 2023 today is God, show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to do. Reveal to me the steps I need to take. What is that thing that I must do in my own context, in my family, in my finances, in my business? What must I do? And one of the things that you must expect in this season is this increase. Because he has said to us that June, between June and August 31st, he said it is going to be a season of increase for us. A season of increase. And there are dimensions to increase. Because most times when people think about increase, they're only thinking about the material. There is a spiritual dimension to increase. That's the first dimension you must understand. Because in Luke 11, verse 21 to 22, the Bible says, when a strong man and keeps his place, the Bible says his goods are in peace. He says, but when a stronger man than he, Luke eleven twenty one to 22, he says, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, it takes away from him all his armor wherein he trusts and he divides his boys. Most times when people read this passage of scripture, when they think of the stronger man, they are always thinking of the devil. You can be the stronger man. And that's why in this season, one area of life where you should expect, expect increase 
is in your walk of faith, is in your walk with God, is in your spiritual life. There has to be increase in what you can undo spiritually. There has to be an increase in your spiritual capacity. There has to be increase in your prayer life. There has to be increase in your study and in the learning of the word. Because the foundation of all increase is spiritual. Any increase that is on the outside, that does not have a foundation in the spirit, is short-lived. That's why you see a lot of shooting stars in our world. A lot of X this, X that. Because anybody can blow. Anybody can hit it. It's a matter of chance. But to succeed sustainably, to experience Proverbs 4 and verse 18, that says the path of a just man is as a shining light, and it shines more and more to the perfect day. Uh, it takes a spiritual foundation. The second dimension to increase we must expect in this season and that we must desire is positional increase. Positional increase. So that in this season, God will change your position. That it will bring you from the backside even to the front line. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 8, the Bible says the Lord sent his word into Jacob and it lighted upon Israel. So it simply means the position of Jacob changed. From an individual, it became a nation. In this season, expect a change of position. In your business. In your career. In life generally, expect a change of position. Literally, some of us are going to come into strange visibility. In the name of Jesus. Some of us, your work will come into strange visibility. You see, people, great people will just begin to notice you. And you begin to wonder, where have they been all along? Ah, it's because it is your season. Also expect occupational increase. In Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7. Can we read it together? Want to go the first phrase? For the Lord your God has blessed you. Where? In all the works of your hand. So this season, expect God to bless the work of your hands. Whether you are a career person, whether you are a business person, expect God to bless the work of your hand. Expect that work to increase. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Also expect mental increase. Expect mental increase. Luke 2 and verse 52. The Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What that simply means is that your capacity for reasoning and processing information will increase. You will just suddenly notice that you are becoming wiser. Oh, someone, I hope you understand the value of wisdom. Where there is no wisdom, there is wastage. Where there is no wisdom, there is repetition of errors. Where there is no wisdom, there is stagnation. You will just realize, you see, the Bible says the labor of the foolish one wearies every one of them. Why? Because he doesn't know how. That's his problem. 
He doesn't know. And what you don't know, you don't know. And let me tell you this. There is a supernatural dimension to wisdom. Whereby you just begin to know things. And you yourself, you can't explain how you know them. Mental increase. Intellectual increase. You know how the Bible describes David? The Bible says he was as wise as an angel. Do you know what that means? It simply means there was never a time in David's life that he was stranded. Also express social increase. Express social increase. Sometimes the increase of God will begin with change or changes in the relationship in your life. One of the ways you will know that God is about to bring about a new season in your life, I've told us a couple of times, is the entry and the exit of certain relationships. When God is about to increase you, he will begin to bring people into your life. And that was what Samuel told Saul. He said, now that the anointing is coming on you, he said you will begin to meet different types of people. You will meet helpers. You will meet men that will good, you give good reports. And you will meet men that literally, when you come into their presence, you will be changed into another man. So all increase is not material. You notice I've never spoken about material and financial. Because you must know what to expect. Because if you don't know what to expect, when it comes, you may even miss it. And see, if you pay attention to your life, you will notice that for every major shift that has happened, someone always came into your life. God always brought someone into your life. The same way when the devil wants to destroy a man, he will bring someone into their life. So this is an expense social increase. Express social increase. You know why the man at the pool of Bethesda stayed there for 38 years? There was no social increase. He said, I have no man. You know the reason why he said, I have no man? It simply means some other people got healed because somebody helped them into the water. If he had not seen other people being helped by other men, he wouldn't have used it as an excuse. He said, I have no man. In this season, may God give you men. Your amen should be stronger than that. Let me tell you this. As a business person, if all your staff are behaving as if they are demonic, you need a man. You need the right man. When your staff, they are always giving you high blood pressure. Products will finish. It will still be on your website or online that you have in store. Customers will show up. So is the product. They will now check on the system. It has finished. And you lose customers. You need men. As a career person, you need men that will recommend you in your absence. See, people don't only get promoted because they are qualified. People get promoted because they are recommended. You think it's the best people, the most qualified that get the best jobs? No, sir. It is the most recommended. Especially when someone of worth recommends you. Just say, I trust him. Give him a chance. You know, there are some people you can't say no to. Some people you can't say no to. And when those people recommend someone, automatically you can't say no to those they recommended. I pray for you in this season. May you enjoy the gift of men. If there is one grace I know that I carry, and first lady carries, is the grace for quality men. I don't have ordinary people in my circle of influence. I don't. And I'm not apologetic about it. 
because I know how I entered into that realm. I don't have ordinary people as friends. No, I don't. May that grace rest upon you today. In the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus experienced that. That was why he didn't die on the cross like a common criminal on the roadside. A Joseph of Arimathea walked up to the power of his days and demanded. The Bible did not say he pleaded. In the original translation, it literally means he demanded. It's just like somebody walking to the presidency and demanding for the body of a pastor. A body that they are supposed to be guarding. And the president says, ah, I can't say no to you. That's social increase. May you have men. May you have quality men. In the name of Jesus. What are the hindrances to increase? Number one is lack of expectation. Lack of expectation. If you don't expect increase, you may never see it. You must expect it. Because in the kingdom, experiences are predicated on expectation. Proverbs 23 and verse 18. For surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. Surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. I want you to ask the person sitting next to you, what are you expecting in this season? What are you expecting? Oh, get an answer. What are you expecting in this season? No, some people are expecting. Some people, what they are expecting is, ah, with this subsidy remover now. I used to fill my car with 15,000 naira. Now I fill with 45,000. God, that what is my salary? Why are you bothering yourself with that? There was a time that that 15,000 was a lot to you. See, as a child of God, please understand this. Whatever is happening on the outside is not your problem. It's not even your business. You need to be aware so that you know what to release your faith for. Is it that God brings down the price or increases your capacity to afford it? And since they have removed subsidy and the price is not coming down, it simply means in this season, God is increasing your capacity. So what do you expect? Do you expect this to be hard? Do you expect this to be difficult? Do you expect to make money in difficulty? You know, some people believe until they also struggle, sweat, break down. Some people believe that until they go through all that, they can't make serious money. Some people believe that if somebody makes 100 million, the person has almost died. Because for them, making 100,000, they've almost passed out. You don't need greater energy to make more money. Trust me, I know. You don't. It's not by exerting more energy. It's about your expectation. What do you expect? Because without expectation, there can be no increase. Number two in just to increase is misplaced priority. Misplaced priority. Misplaced priority. Misplaced priority, especially in the area of not prioritizing God first. I'm going to take a little bit of time on that during the course of the message. Because God said to the children of Israel in Agai chapter 1. I've been quoting that scripture recently and I hope somebody is getting it. 
I've realized that most times when God places a scripture on my heart, especially even when I don't plan it because it's not even part of my notes this morning and it keeps coming, it's because God wants to establish something in the house. They said it is not time. It is not time for the house to, for the Lord's house to be built. He said, but all of you, you have gone to your house, to your sealed houses, when the house of the Lord lies in ruins. Your priority must be in place. And for the believer, kingdom must always be first. You can't expect increase from a God you don't prioritize. No, you can't. You know, some of us, we think God is a fool. We may not say it, but that's how we behave. You don't have a quiet time. You don't talk to God. You don't pray. You come to church as convenient. <laughs> but when you are in trouble, you run to God. Say, God, don't look at me like this. He will look at you like that. And I have the scriptures to back it up. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He says, seek me when I may be found. He simply means there is even a season in your life when you can find God. Read your Bible. See, God is either first, he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. So, many of us receive Jesus as our Savior, but we've not received him as our Lord. And there's a difference. Lord simply means somebody that dictates how you live your life. Lord simply means somebody that instructs you. Savior is somebody that redeemed you from hell and eternal damnation. And Jesus is not only your Savior, he's your Lord. Number three interest we increase is lack of capacity. Lack of capacity. Lack of capacity. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1 to 2. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1 to 2. I want us to read it together. One to go. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, defareth nothing from a slave, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed by who? Of the father. It simply means you are not the one that will say you have built capacity. It is God that will determine your capacity. The most people say, God, I am ready. No. <laughs> it's the one that we know when you are ready. God will not bring into your life the dimension of increase you are not ready for. Because it will be like the prosperity of the fools that destroy them. Because glory does not just have glamour. Glory has weight. And a lot of people, ask, they've been crushed by his weight. Whatever you have not developed the capacity to handle, God will subject you to training. He will subject you to capacity building circumstances. So that in the building of that capacity, when the increase comes, it won't get into your head. As a man, you will not consider a second wife. You know, all of a sudden realize that younger ladies are more finer than your wife. Praise the Lord. All of a sudden, if you have not developed capacity to handle certain increase, pride will enter you. Nobody will be able to talk to you anymore. Haven't you seen people that were very humble when they had nothing? But now any little thing, do you know who I am? Who are you? You are nobody. You are just a poor man with cash. And if all you have is money, you are a poor man. Because there are times when money will be useless. Haven't you seen people who have money who are stranded? Oh, you've not seen. Did that not happen to you? 
That's when you understand that money is not everything. There are people who have ah, my money, my money. People collected the money and flung it in their face to perish with your money. Lack of capacity. Number next is ignorance of the principles that undergird increase. Ignorance of the principles of increase. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. The Bible says my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Not because there is a devil at work. The devil is too small to be the problem of the believer. No, it's not. The problem of the believer is ignorance. He says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. He said, because, he said that you shall not be priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of the Lord your God, I will also forget your children. You know the word ignorance is from the word ignore. So it simply means no one is unconsciously ignorant. Everyone that is ignorant, they chose to ignore the knowledge required to get them out of it. So it simply means at different stages of life, God will give you an opportunity to learn what it takes for your next level. But you can willfully ignore it. That's why in Psalms 82, I believe, verse 5 and 6, he says, they know not. He says, neither do they understand. He said, the foundations of the earth are shaking. He said, I've said, ye are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. He said, but because they do not know, he says, they will die like mere men. Because they don't know. Because they don't know. And what you know, you don't know. What you don't know, you don't know. And in life, you can't pretend you know what you don't know. Your ignorance will soon be revealed. And that's why it takes humility to learn. That's why I love one of the prayers of David. He says, that which I know not, teach thou me. What I don't know. Some people don't know something, but they keep pretending as if they know it. I'll never forget, someone very close to me was talking about the fact that one day he was with one of our mentors and he got into you know, a place where they were having conversation you know, with some people and everybody was laughing and he at the point he just started laughing. And he didn't know what they were talking about. And my mentor he didn't know what he was, they were talking about. So he said everybody should keep quiet. Now I said, why are you laughing? you don't know why we are instead of you to ask why are you laughing I'm just laughing like a stupid person I know that's how some people live through life they don't know but they keep pretending as if they know until life asks them questions about what they have been pretending they know it will now become so evident that they know nothing So what are the laws that control our increase? Number one is the law of kingdom first. The law of kingdom first. The law of kingdom first. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Can we see? Can we all read it together? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What I want to bring out to us there is the first personality that was mentioned in scripture. It's not man. It's God. In the beginning of everything, God must be involved. God. In the beginning of that business, God. 
in the beginning of that career, God. In the beginning of the day, God. In the beginning of the week, God. In the beginning of that marriage, God. You know, it's very difficult to involve God in something that was not part of the foundation. I know because as a man, I could also be like that. Sometimes when people want to involve me in things that I was not involved in in the beginning, that I should have been, I can only give you a bandage remedy. Can only give you a, especially when I should have been involved, but you thought you were smart. Can only wish you well. In the beginning, God, the first law of increase is kingdom force. Matthew chapter six and verse thirty-three. I know everybody in this house should know that scripture. Matthew six thirty-three. Let's read together. Want to go? Seek ye later. Seek ye when you are old. Seek ye when you have gotten married. Seek ye when you have built all your houses. Seek ye when you are about to die. You know, some people believe in that seeking God is what is meant for old people. That have achieved all the goals they need to achieve in their life. So they now keep going to church, attending every prayer meeting. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And how many things will be added? And all these things will be added unto you. You know why there is so much struggle? The things that should be added to you, they are the things you are running after. That's why there is a struggle. There are things that as a believer you should not be running after. It should be an addition. It should be an addition. I have a way I put my life in check. The moment I notice I'm trying too hard for something, I take a step back. Mm, I should not be struggling this way. Ah, no. Others may, I cannot. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I understand how God works. He says, all things shall be added. All things. All things. If you're having a sleepless night over something, take a step backwards. Because the Bible says he gave his beloved sleep. Nothing should take away your sleep except you are doing all night prayer. Or you are walking. Or that you are awake. Say, hmm. 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 Something is wrong. In Matthew chapter 19. No, let's keep that. Mark chapter 10. Let's start from verse 28. Mark chapter 10. From verse 28. Okay, go to verse 26 please. Let's start from verse 26. So that we have a full context. And they were astonished. Out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Why were they astonished? Because here Jesus was talking about the fact that it is very difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, right? Verse 28, keep going, please. Okay, say, and Jesus looking unto them, saying, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Go to verse 28. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo! We have left all. I love Peter. <laughs> he says, and I followed you. Verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake. And what? 
the gospels question what have you left for the gospel for the kingdom of god what has left you he says but he shall receive how many fold and hundredfold when he gets to heaven now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life did you notice that there is no wife there as a word for someone because before he said those that are left wife Jesus did not say you will receive hundredfold wife so it's not part of what you will receive as a man <laughs> so if you have chosen you have chosen your destiny stay with it he said he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time so let me tell you this no one can outgive God you can never no matter how much you try you cannot prioritize God more than he will prioritize you see the moment you begin to put his kingdom first you begin to put his gospel first God will always ensure that he, out, he, he outdoes whatever you do for him the law of kingdom first. The law of kingdom first. In Second Chronicles 26 and verse 5, the Bible talks about a particular king. The Bible says, as long as he sought the Lord, that is Uzziah. The Bible says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Second Chronicles 26 and verse 5. As long as he sought the Lord, the Lord made him to prosper. The second law of increase is the law of planning. The law of planning. The law of planning. The law of planning. If you are trusting God for increase, you better start planning for it. Start setting the goals. Goals that reveal increase, that show increase. Some of us are trusting God for increase, but we can't see it in your goals. I didn't talk about it recently, but one of the culture we have in this house is the culture of goal setting. You can't be entering into a new season and not have a plan for that season. It's irresponsibility. It's spiritual irresponsibility. So in case you have not done that, when you get home today, if you are married, get um, sit down with your spouse. Or if you are engaged, plan the next six months. What are we trusting God for in this house? You plan for it. You know the reason why people's, people, when people are stagnated, they don't even know until very much later. Because there's no plan. There's no plan. Look at the testimony that was shared this morning. The plan was the later part of the year. At least there is a plan. God can now override that plan and make it happen earlier. But there has to be a plan. Young lady, they proposed to you. He said, will you marry me? I say, yes, yes, yes. Before you say yes, ask when. Because you may have no plan for you. That ring can be on your finger for the next five years. Enough time to get a BSc. They pin you down. <laughs> I had some funny guy saying it a while back. He said, ah, he's pinned down technology. I pin her down. She has nowhere to go. When? What are you trusting God for? Are you planning for it? Is it on paper? Whatever you are expecting that is not documented is not a plan. It's simply a wish. Because a plan, one of the things they call a plan, are 
is what construction workers and engineers used to build on the site. Have you seen anybody go to a site before everybody is constructing and nobody has a plan? It's all that we're doing. We are led by the Spirit. They will construct nonsense. Because everybody will be, will be constructing according to their own idea. So you must plan for increase. If you are trusting God for increase in your finances, then plan for increase in your finances. Can we celebrate Minister Elijah Daniel this morning? So you are trusting God for increase in your finances, plan for it. You are trusting God for increase in your business, plan for it. You are trusting God for increase in your marriage, in your family, plan for it. The third law is the law of obedience. Obedience to instructions. The law of obedience to instructions. Increase also comes through obedience to instructions, friends. How did God increase the widow of Zarephath, the woman that was about to eat her last meal, by sending to her Elijah that gave her an instruction? He said, oh, this is my last meal. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to die. Elijah said, there is no death in your destiny. <laughs> he said, make for me first. She would have been very stupid to think that the reason why Elijah is asking her to make for him first is because Elijah was hungry. Because God was already feeding Elijah supernaturally. So you know why God ensured that the brook dried up and the raven stopped bringing food? It wasn't because God could not keep supplying it. It was because a widow needed to be blessed. So that instruction was for the benefit of the woman. Because if she had ate that meal anyway, no matter how long it takes, without food, she would have died. Maybe months later. But God preserved her life. Brought increase. The Bible says that when she did what Elijah said, the Bible says the hoy did not finish. The flower, the, the flower did not finish. It kept reproducing itself supernaturally. All through the time of famine. I want to believe, the Bible did not say it, but I want to believe she started the business too. From that flower. Because that was what Elisha told the prophet's widow to do. So Elisha must have seen it from somewhere. He must have seen it from his mentor. Because that time everybody was hungry, no food. And our own was multiplying. There was increase supernaturally so she must have been selling how did this widow of Zarif um, the, the prophet's widow how did she experience increase obedience to instruction oh prophet my husband left us in debt fantastic go into that debt be more does that not sound like a stupid instruction I just told you they are about to <laughs> arrest my sons and turn them into slaves true debt you are saying I should still go and borrow you are a wicked prophet are you sure God called you or you flashed him? She obeyed. See, if you don't know how to follow simple instruction, you may never see increase. You may never see it. There's a place of pray for increase. And like I told us in the last couple of days, prayer is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. A lot of people take so much delight in, ah, I pray six hours. Fantastic. What instruction came as a result of that prayer? What vision did you see? Because Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, he says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you 
So prayer is not a means to an end. Thank God for your life. You pray for 12 hours. Fantastic. Remember there were some funny guys. My wife used to be very close to. I caught the relationship joyfully. The apology. Because as a man, you are supposed to protect your family, your wife. And one of the ways you protect your home is from negative influences. You used to have these funny guys that always say, ah, we, we are going to camp. We pray 12 hours. We pray 24 hours. And they've been saying that for years. One day I asked for Sidi, I said, these people, they always say they are praying in tongues. I said, why is their life like this? I said, why is that? I said, I know people that are not praying up to them, yet they have better results. I said, God cannot be that wicked. There must be something missing in that equation. Is it wrong to pray five hours? No. Is it wrong to pray 12 hours? No. You all know this is a praying church. But understand, prayer is not an end in itself. So you may be praying and praying and praying, but what is the instruction you are receiving? Some people have prayed. The instruction comes, they bind the devil. They think it's the devil when it is God speaking to them. They say, no, get deep behind me, sister. The rich young ruler came to Jesus. He said, Master, I've been very successful. What can I do to enter into eternal life? Just said, fantastic. He want to enter? He said, yes. He said, go and sell all that you have. He said, never. Get deep behind me, sister. He said, you are not ready. The instruction is sell what you have and follow me. The Bible says, and he went away sorrowful. And so, in a sense, he was praying, but he was not willing to obey the instruction. You know, the amazing thing about instruction is that until you obey them, you may never see the increase. And you will keep praying. How did God bring increase into the life of Peter? Peter was a struggling business person. He had told all night. The Bible says, and he caught nothing. Jesus walked up to him. First instruction, give me your boots. You know, someone else would have been pissed. Like social media is teaching this generation. Like what pastors want is your money. Not all pastors. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And one of them is not standing in front of you this morning. He said, give me your boots. Someone else would have said, what kind of man is this? An inconsiderate man. You can say that I'm struggling. That's still asking me to give you my boots to preach. But let me ask you a question. Which one would have been more supernatural? For Jesus to stand in the boat of Peter to preach. Or for him to walk on the sea and be preaching from there. Which one would people believe more? Jesus would have gathered more crowd without Peter's boat. Because he walked on the sea. So it means he could have done it that time. He could have stood on the sea to preach. And more crowds would have gathered. So he asked for that boat, not because of himself, but because of Peter. And after he used the boat, he gave him another instruction. Luke chapter 5. Verse 4 to 6. Luke chapter 5 and verse 4 to 6. Luke chapter 5 and verse 4 to 6. I want us to read it together. All eyes on the screen. Ready? Read. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. See, let me tell you something. 
God is not given to wastage. This is one of the times where God's mercy spoke on the behalf of Peter. I hope you saw what I wanted you to see. Let's go back to verse 4. Let down your what? Let down your what? Your nets, right? Verse 5. How many did Peter let down? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down. That was why the nets broke. Because the increase Jesus brought was not supposed to enter one net. It was supposed to enter nets. Some people say, ah, uh, net theory, miracle. God doesn't do that. This happened as a result of incomplete obedience. God doesn't give you things to waste. And that's one of the reasons I believe why Jesus told him, just leave everything and follow me. You have not learned how to obey well. Follow me. I will teach you obedience. But if Peter had not... You see, he was still that game. We have talked all night. You know, you, you are not a fisherman. As some people say, Pastor, you know, you, you don't understand my industry. I don't need to understand your industry. The anointing understands all industry. I don't need to understand your line of business. Jesus didn't have to have fished before in his life. He just said, cast down the nets. And with that simple obedience, the Bible says there was a great catch. If you are trusting God for this increase, find out the instructions. Those are some of the things you must pray about. As we round up this year's Code Revival, God, what is the instruction for me in this season? But you know why people don't receive personal instructions? Because they don't receive, they don't obey the instructions they have already received. The word of God is already a book of instructions. And number two, your pastor is also a channel of instructions. For instance, one of the instructions God has given us for these 90 days of increase, he said every day, 9 p.m. West African time, declare increase. Some people are still not declaring it. It's disobedience. Oh, maybe some people are not aware. But some people are aware. They just is it that is it that necessary? Continue. When people are sharing testimonies, may you have to share. See, there is nothing you can be doing when God tells you to be doing something that can be more important than what God told you to do. Nothing. Nothing. Because God does not just fix appointments. He keeps appointments. So if he says, at this time, do this as a faith community, you better make sure at that time you are not doing something else. Also, there is a law of confession. The law of confession. The law of confession. Matthew 11, sorry, Mark 11, 23 to 24. Mark 11, 23 to 24. We all know this scripture, but it's good to always see it for ourselves again and again. Now, of us, this has happened to you before. There's a scripture you've always known, and you always quote it and quote it. One day, you've been quoting it. One day you now check the Bible, you now realize you've been quoting rubbish. Has it happened to you before? That's why it's good to always read the Bible again. Because you can get to a point where you are quoting, of course. That's why I said give attendance to reading until I come. Not to reciting, to reading. Come read it together. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith 
shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Emphasis is on he shall have whatsoever he says. So in this season, don't speak reduction. Don't say what you are saying. Say what you want to say. Say what you want to see. So every single day, oh Father, I thank you because this is my season of increase. Increase in the work of my hands. Increase in my family. Increase in my finances. It doesn't take much. It can even be two minutes. But speak it out. You are in transit. You get to walk. Don't be too much in a hurry to start work. Father, thank you because your increase is coming into this place. You are working remotely. Don't be too much in the order to open your laptop. Father, thank you because this is a day of increase. Let me tell you this. You can work from morning to evening and have nothing to show for it. It's not how early you start working that guarantees results. Oh, Father, thank you because this is a day of increase. Thank you because everything increases around me. Thank you because the works of my hands are blessed. Thank you because I'm materially increased. I increase financially. I have increase in discernment, increase in visibility, increase in sales, increase in clients, increase in well-paying clients. You specify what the increase you want to see. Last but not the least, we'll continue on Wednesday. But like I said, if I don't finish it, I'll continue. I'm not a visiting minister. It's the law of gratitude. The law of gratitude. They love gratitude. Psalm 67, verse 3 to 7. Psalm 67, verse 6 to verse 7. I love what a man by the name of William Arthur Ward said. He said, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. You want to say that again? Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a gift and not giving it. I'm going to say, oh God, I'm grateful. Gratitude is always expressed. Psalm 67, verse 6 to 7. Uh, let's backtrack to verse 3. Go to verse 3, please. Go to verse 3. Can we all read it together out loud? Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Let the people praise you, O God. Let the people praise you. Verse 6. Then, somebody say then. Oh, come and shout it. It means if you don't praise, what is after then will not happen. He says, then shall the earth yield our increase. You know the reason why the earth has not been yielding increase? We are complaining. Why you should be grateful? See, what you are complaining about, it was once a testimony. Do you know that? Some of you are complaining about your job. There was a time that that job, when you got it, you rolled on the floor. That Thank you, Father. But now, it has become manna. What is this? Is this work? There was a time that you were saying, God, just give me customers, even if they are difficult customers. At least let me see people to disturb me. 
Now you are complaining that the customer are too much. They call you even cut the call. This is their wala is so much. You will know. You these people will have life. They will just be calling somebody very early in the morning. They will be. Some people are praying, God, let me even receive one call today. Some people are doing adverts, no call. Running social media ad, no call. But you, they are disturbing you with call. You are cutting it. You even switch off your phone. So these people, their problem is so much. What is this, God's self? <laughs> Better repent. He says, then the earth shall yield their increase. And God even our own God shall do what? Shall bless us. Verse 7. He says, God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. That's why you notice that every evening, 9 p.m., when we start the declarations for increase, what do I always start with? Thanksgiving. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. If you can think well, there are things to thank him for. It's because... You know, the Yorubas, we call it Arojile. Thinking deeply. You are not a thinker. That's why you are not a thinker. The English is not correct. So don't go and write this. <laughs> you are not a thinker. You easily gloss over things. There are times when you need to sit down and analyze different areas of your life. You see, pictures are good. Throwbacks. Some of us, you need to check your throwback. Ten years is so far. Check last one year. last one year, just check it. And you will realize there are things to thank God for. But please realize, one of the laws that guarantees increase is the law of gratitude. In Psalm 6 and verse 5, the Bible says, in death, there is no remembrance of you. It says, in the grave, we shall give you thanks. In the sight of God, an ungrateful man is like a dead man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he said in the grave, we shall give you thanks. So it means you only have the opportunity to be grateful when you are alive. So when you are alive and you are not grateful, as far as God is concerned, you are dead. You are just waiting to be buried. Because there is no use to you. This morning, can we rise up and just begin to give thanks to God? 